Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and this is qualifying day at the 2023 Australian Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts, and on today's episode, Max Verstappen has a slightly harder time of taking pole position than expected after an uncharacteristic early mistake in Q3. It was a bittersweet day for Red Bull Racing in the end though, with Sergio Perez out in Q1 and set to start last after car problems sent him off the road at Turn 3, where the furious Mexican was beached in the stones. And Mercedes does unexpectedly well to be the best of the rest, with George Russell and Lewis Hamilton eyeing an unlikely victory on Sunday. For a rundown of qualifying, including a couple of surprise top 10 appearances, it's over to your Australian Grand Prix host, Luke Smith. Qualifying day for the Australian Grand Prix is in the books, and while it was a somewhat expected result with Max Verstappen getting pole position for Red Bull, it was still a session filled with surprises and drama. It was a day to forget for Sergio Perez in the sister Red Bull car, while Mercedes put in its best qualifying of the year, raising questions about just how bad the W14 car truly is. Here is everything you need to know from Saturday's running at Albert Park. Yes, it is Max Verstappen on pole position once again. Not a surprising result at all, but he was made to really work for this pole position. Verstappen topped Q1 and topped Q2, but a mistake on his first lap in Q3 meant he dropped as low as sixth after the first runs. A flurry of quicker lap times had shuffled him down the order. After a second run though, Verstappen was back on top, getting P1 once again, but with less than a tenth of a second covering the top four at that time, it meant pole position was far from guaranteed entering his final run. But Verstappen hit back emphatically, as he so often does, improving his lap time by half a second to grab himself pole position for the second time this season. Max explained after the session that it was getting the tyres in the right temperature window that was the biggest challenge he faced through qualifying. And I must say it has been rather cold all day in Melbourne. I've been wearing a jumper and a jacket all day. I did head out this morning in just a t-shirt and quickly realised that was a very bad idea. And at one point it looked like we might even get some rain and it only really sprinkled and spat a little bit towards the end of Q3, not really impacting the track action at all. But still, it was very cold, very hard for everyone to get their tyres up to temperature and into the right performance window. Nevertheless, it is clear that Max Verstappen is the man to beat heading into the race, where he has a golden opportunity to deal some damage to probable title rival Sergio Perez in the early knockings of the season. It was a truly miserable day for Sergio Perez in Melbourne. Two weeks ago, he was reveling in a well-earned pole position that would set him up for victory in Jeddah on Sunday, but things could not have been more different this time around. Perez's struggle started in FP3 as he kept going off the track and appeared to be having a few problems under braking getting the car stopped. He ended FP3 in 6th place 
and reported to the team over the radio, there were things on the card that would need resolving ahead of qualifying. But that qualifying would last just a handful of minutes for Perez, who went straight on at turn 3 on his first push lap in Q1 and left his car beached in the gravel. His engineer, Hugh Bird, was trying to get Perez to move the car onto the muddy path next to the wall just beyond the gravel trap as that might offer him a route back onto the circuit so he could stay in the session. But in the end, Perez's rear wheels were beached in the gravel, meaning he had to turn the car off, jump out, and accept his day was over. Perez was pretty angry on the radio, saying the team needed to fix the same issue as before, and he later explained that this related to the brake balance. He said he was merely a passenger anytime he hit the brakes as the balance moved around unexpectedly. It made the car really unpredictable and hard to control, and that led to Perez having so many offs through FP3 and that brutal one in qualifying. It means that Perez will start Sunday's race from last place on the grid, so he faces a similar fight back to what Verstappen had to do in Jeddah two weeks ago. But even Verstappen was skeptical his teammate could repeat his recovery to second place, pointing out just how difficult it can be to overtake around Albert Park. It all means that Perez is definitely in damage limitation mode going into the race tomorrow, but it might give us a nice insight as just to how quick that Red Bull is with Perez in the cockpit and how far up the order he can fight his way through. Perhaps the biggest surprise of qualifying though was Mercedes. It surged to second and third place on the grid with George Russell and Lewis Hamilton by far its best qualifying performance of the season. After struggling for performance in the first few races, particularly over a single lap where Lewis Hamilton was regularly reporting balance struggles, Mercedes was frank about the time it would take to recover fully and challenge Red Bull at the head of the field once again. That didn't stop it from beating close rivals Aston Martin and Ferrari in the fight to be the best of the rest. Russell even admitted there was a little part of him that felt disappointed he didn't get pole position. A pretty crazy sentence to say given where Mercedes has been so far this year. He ended up two tenths of a second off Verstappen's lap time. There was even a point in the first runs where Hamilton was briefly on provisional pole, only to be shuffled down as more laps came in. Still, he put in a great lap to wind up third on the grid. So, does it mean Mercedes is back? Well, the team isn't getting ahead of itself. Toto Wolf hailed the performance of both drivers to get the most out of the car, saying it needs to be driven on a knife edge to get the most out of it. But he said the team had to stay rational about where it is right now. This qualifying result won't force any rethink on its plan to ditch the current car concept, nor will it inflate expectations going into the race. Scoring a first podium of the year must remain the target, and I mean a proper one, not the one Jordan Russell had, then didn't have in Jeddah a couple of weeks ago. Wolf said the performance was much more than he had expected, but some of Mercedes' close rivals were actually less surprised by the result. Fernando Alonso said Mercedes had kept downplaying its car performance, making it sound worse than it is, and tipped the team to actually be fighting for wins again quite soon. Carlos Sainz also suggested the W14 wasn't quite as bad as has been made out by Mercedes. It is worth noting that Mercedes has been quite close to Aston Martin and Ferrari right the way through qualifying this year. Fine margins made all the difference, the cold temperatures again might have played into the hands of Mercedes a little bit more, but it does show that this isn't a totally out of the blue result to be P2 and P3 even if Perez being out of the picture did help Mercedes a little bit. Russell and Hamilton's surge left Fernando Alonso and Aston Martin to settle for fourth place on the grid. But the Spaniard wasn't too downbeat. He actually felt it was the team's best qualifying of the season in terms of the gap to Red Bull at the front, and said the car was feeling great around Albert Park. 
The track layout with lots of medium speed corners should certainly suit the AMR23 car and put Alonso in the mix for the fight for the podium. One driver who was less upbeat post-qualifying was Charles Leclerc, who took responsibility for not getting the most out of his Ferrari car, leaving him a lowly seventh on the grid, trailing teammate Carlos Sainz and Aston Martin's Lance Stroll. Leclerc had been upbeat on Friday, saying it had been Ferrari's best Friday of the season and that the car was feeling pretty good. But in qualifying, he said he simply did not get the most out of it. It was a rare poor Saturday display for one of F1's best single lap specialists. And finally, we can't talk about qualifying without hailing another great performance for Williams by Alex Albon. One year on from that remarkable strategy in Melbourne, where he bagged a point by going so, so long in the race, pitting on the very last lap, getting P10, getting a point for Williams, which back then was a really, really huge result. Albon could find himself in the mix for a top 10 once again, after reaching Q3 and qualifying a superb eight. Long straights at Albert Park were always going to suit the Williams car, particularly through the second sector, where Albon kept lighting up the timing screens purple. He sailed into Q2, where he then just about pipped Esteban Ocon's 10th place, giving him a Q3 berth. Eighth on the grid is a really remarkable result. Albon said afterwards it feels like a victory for Williams, and rightly so. It really does show just how far the team has come, getting into that midfield fight a little bit more this year and achieving it on merit. It set everything up for a really quite exciting Australian Grand Prix tomorrow. Max Verstappen may be the favourite, but will Red Bull be sweating on the reliability of his car once again? How far can Sergio Perez climb back up the order? And how will the fight between Aston Martin, Ferrari and Mercedes play out? Make sure you join us again tomorrow from Melbourne for all of the post-race analysis. Thanks very much to Luke, your host all weekend in Australia. And for a change, the forecast is for a dry and warmish Sunday. And after so little representative practice, that could be the makings of a fascinating race. Make sure you don't miss an update from the Australian Grand Prix this weekend by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And you can visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. And if you want more updates from the paddock throughout the day, you can follow Luke on social media. Just check the link in the show description. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.